podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 379 of Film Bastards. Don't worry, folks, we're not angry this week. Thank you for the feedback. Joining us on this week's show, uh, I am joined as always by Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. I'm Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. This week, we shall be discussing George Clooney's directorial Netflix effort, The Midnight Sky. Uh, we've got maybe some trailers. I've definitely got at least one that I can think of. Um, uh, we've got some what we've watched, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, at least one Twitter question. So, you know, we've got a pretty normal show. Um, I, we were thinking of doing Promising Young Woman this week. Um, however, I still need to catch up with it. So we're going to be doing that along with Pieces of a Woman next week for our uh, double woman sandwich. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we are. Um, film Bastards. No, Patreon. Fucking what the fuck? Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. $2 a month. Uh, my Honor Majesty's Secret Service commentary uh, went live um, this past Friday on there, where um, uh, there is a gap in recording while my kitchen was on fire. So uh, uh, watch out for me sounding very, very shaky. Uh, at around about one hour 45 minutes into that uh, commentary oh wow so it's actually on the recording uh yeah like literally i pause it i come back and i'm like uh yeah sorry about that we might be out of sync my kitchen was just on fire so <laughs> i'm not laughing not laugh at your kitchen being on fire i'm laughing at the fact that that happened whilst you were recording it's a good job you were upstairs there isn't it no, I mean, this is the, like I was in the living room, like watching this Bond film. If I was upstairs, you know, like as I usually am, you know, if if nobody was downstairs, that could have been really bad. Like really bad. So uh, yeah, what we've done are the hobs, like where you like turn them because we've got electric hobs where you turn them. They knock quite easily. Um, so you could accidentally turn them on, which is obviously what's happened. So we've taken those knobs off. So now you've got to kind of like jam your hand in there and kind of like force it. Um, but that's how paranoid we now are. <laughs> Imagine having a cat, Ian, that enjoys jumping up onto the kitchen counter and playing with the gas knob bits of your gas hob, but obviously doesn't know how to work the spark igniter. So just turns your gas on. Does it? Like that. Did you do that? Did it a couple of times. <laughs> That's why it's not allowed in the kitchen on his own. I didn't know that. <laughs> Trisha, <laughs> Trisha told you, really. Probably told that. Because yeah. I hate the kitchen's on shitloads. Well, I tell you not to, so if you get gassed and blown up, then it's your own damn fault. Well, I'll, I'll take that risk. <laughs> my, my light's danger. Very dark. Um, so, um, yeah, has there been any movie news this week uh i'm trying to think like 
everything's like shutting down uh filming wise again which is absolutely fair enough um i don't think there is i think that there's been it's i've seen a lot of rumor stuff so if there's been rumors stuff it usually means that there's not any actual news yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was it um the uh, disney plus uh, are getting stars onto it can we do that last week no, because it was only announced like a couple of days ago. How was it? I thought we spoke about it. Huh. Ian, have you lost you? Sorry, my I think my signal just went for a second there. Yeah, it's um, it's essentially their justification for jacking up the price two pound a month. Um. <laughs> Even though it's all content, they've kind of already got. So you know, um, I don't know. It's interesting if it if it means easy 4K access to a bunch of Fox and Touchstone stuff, yeah. then good. <laughs> yeah, it literally said um, the the advertisement is is you're getting a lot of the Fox TV shows, um, and then um, you know hundreds of new movies. So yeah. you know, an extra two. You know, two quid a month. If we get, you know, the majority of the Touchstone and the Fox stuff, I'm I'm game for that. You know, and at the end of the day, I suppose if they've got to, if there's current streaming agreements for certain movies and TV shows that they're gonna then have to take back off of the providers and they're gonna lose that money, I suppose it makes sense that it's not costing them anymore, but they might not be making that bit of money from Netflix, for instance, for showing a certain film. Yeah. So. Uh, two quid a month doesn't seem too bad. It just depends what that what actually lands. Well, that's it. It's one of those things you'll look at it and go. It, 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 I'm, I'm quite interested to see what it is. Mm. You know, if, if if you watch three movies on it a month, mm. or even two movies a month, it's worthwhile. See, that's yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm I'm coming to the limit of my willingness to pay six pounds for Disney Plus because anything that I want to watch on there, I've watched, and there's not much new stuff that's gone on there that I'm. It's, it's one of those things. I think. I think Disney Plus was always going to be you're paying for the catalogue rather than the well, the mm. new stuff. The thing is that I mean, like starting next Friday, there is a new MCU TV show every single week for like at least four months. Um, is that One Division though? Yeah. So you've got nine episodes of One Division, and then six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then. Um, I think there's maybe a gap, like a couple week gap while while Black Widow is supposed to be out and then Loki starts in May. So um, that's going to that's going to drive people, not necessarily you guys, but that is going to drive people to keep their subscriptions up. And then, you know, um, fuck it. Like there's um, that what if animated Marvel show is um, due out at some point and, you know, they're going to be respectfully like talking about the fact that this last this Chadwick Boseman's last Black Panther performance in that aren't they you know that's going to be a big deal um and then I don't think we got season three of the Mandalorian um coming at the end of the year but I think you got that book of Boba Fett show um you know it just now it it, you know it feels like the release pump that was supposed to start turning last year is is now actually going to start turning and um like it's actually going to become a bit more of a in quote marks essential service um it's just 
7.99 a month for disney plus i don't think is that much of a problem but it's 7.99 a month for that i pay like 11.99 a month for netflix like for the 4k package um we pay for amazon prime but to be fair we amazon prime's the big thing there more than the tv um you know there's now tv as well you know it's just there's so many fucking subscription services that it, it, it's getting to the point where it's just like well this is just like paying for fucking cable tv again that's it. It, it, it. It's the breakdown of it all, isn't it? That's that's the thing. But what I still maintain is I'm probably still spending less a month on those combined than I was on physical media ten years ago. Which is a fair point. Um, if you're adding like the Sky, the now subscription into that. Yeah, I won't be adding the now subscription because no. the, majority, the majority of what Sky costs is the sport. The now subscription is is, is, a, is a tiny proportion of it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, uh, I suppose the the other thing it's a very small thing. Uh, apparently, Michael Keaton is replacing Ben Affleck as like the main Batman of the DCEU. It just sounds seems a little bit like now that the DCEU is something that you just maybe just go. Do you know what? No. We don't need it, do we? We can't do this. Marvel have got this. Yeah. We'll do other stuff. Unless, you know that episode of the um, the Treehouse Horror, The Simpsons, I think it's the second one, where Bart's wandering around like a black um, room and all of those pictures on the walls, and that's how he guides you into each individual story. Yeah. Unless it's basically like that, and Michael Keaton is just in the Batcave as Batman, or Bruce Wayne in like somewhere else, and just wandering around at the start of every new um, DC movie and going, right, let's have a look and see what the Joker's getting on with this week. And then just go like that, and then you just go in that movie, and that's it. I mean, I'll be down for that. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty down for Michael Keaton being the main Batman in the DCEU. So <laughs> he's, he's the best Batman anyway. So far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that. that, that... Yeah. Well, if you believe the rumours, Arpats is, is literally just not giving a shit at the moment. <laughs> He's kind of checked out, apparently. Is that right? On brand? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of shit written about how the fuck Robert Pattinson came to be Batman in the years to come, I think, you know. Um it's like his agent was just like, for the love of God, if you do this, I will make, uh, I will let you make five films with the Safdie brothers in a year if you'll just do the fucking Batman. It is, it is a little bit like that. It, it, it's like, it's almost like they're going, remember when we said after the last Twilight movie, you could pick whatever movie you want and you just you could just have a career where you just pick whatever you want because you've made your nut. And he's gone, yeah, he's gone, right. You've spent a lot of your nut making movies that make no money. <laughs> could you just maybe just do another one for them? <laughs> well, that, that, that's it. I mean, because if you, if you think about it, like Twilight finished up in what, 2012? Yeah. 2013 maybe so we're getting on for 10 years since twilight and since then has he actually done a one for them no 
the closest thing he's done to anything kind of like big, you know, big scope like that was Tenet, which I don't think you can in any way count as a one for them. That's it, but that's yeah, it, isn't it? It's, it? Yeah, he spent the majority of his the past sort of like post post Twilight career just you know doing really interesting art house stuff. Look, it, look, it, yeah, uh, last last what is it was um, twenty twelve, and then when you just go through it, it, it is literally just I mean it's not made that many movies in the past eight years, but it's enough. It's a couple a year. Um, but yeah, it, it's just you know I think the only one that's really had a big cinema release is Tenet. I feel like Water for Elephants would count as a one for them. That doesn't really seem like an Arthur movie. But Water for Elephants that, before. That, before what? Oh, yeah, okay. that that would have been still dr- dr- around Twilight time, wouldn't it? Oh, that yeah. was a one for them, really. Oh, I don't know. What? Like that, they you know that was going for a commercial audience. A treat was Water for Elephants. Yeah. Done some interesting stuff as well. He has, yeah. He has, but like you say, it's just stuff that doesn't really make him money. And the thing, you know, the thing is, it's like he he does quite well in kind of like like the fashion kind of realm and whatnot. But at the same time, he's not getting he's not getting any younger. You know, he you know he is going to get older, and he probably can't. I don't know. He probably can't get away with being as fucking just weirdly chill on the verge of not caring as it kind of seems like he is. Um, And and I I, I don't know. There is just a little bit of a sense that him, from a personal point of view, slightly wish he'd grow up. Um, You know, but then again, then again, him coming out saying yeah i've done fuck all training for batman during lockdown you know and seeing how angry that made people does make me laugh so i don't know i'm i'm talking out my ass obviously yeah he's he's an odd odd character but i think he's become i think i think akin to Kristen stewart he's become one of the most interesting actors around at the moment i think the issue with him is he's he's weirdly unguarded about about being honest about stuff. If he's done fuck all training for Batman during lockdown, eh, I mean, that's pretty relatable for most people. Like, have you done much working out? Nah, I've sat on the sofa a lot in my jogging pants. But also, like, I don't, you kind of get the feeling that it wouldn't even occur to him to just lie about it. Yeah, I I think the whole, everything that happened with the whole Twilight thing just made him just stop giving a fuck. Mm. You caught me with some food in my mouth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't think there's been any other news. I think it's been like I say, it, it, it's it's kind of quietened down a little bit. I think everyone's been a bit preoccupied. With everyone's it. been a bit preoccupied, and everyone's just kind of waiting for. I think the in, Corona apocalypse to finish. I think in America, everyone's waiting for just just January the twentieth when you know hopefully sanity can start to resume hmm. and in this country we're just you know we're, we're, we're literally have a, a government that is the living embodiment of no dig up stupid <laughs> yeah 
Oh. Keep my head down and hoping that the impact of like all this shit and Brexit isn't as bad as I worry that it's going to be. Makes pretty much every single fucking website, like shopping shop shopping website, are going on to at the moment. It makes me laugh. They got banners talking about like potential delays to d- deliveries because of border issues, and it's just like, which one's that then? The Corona or the Brexit? <laughs> have you seen um, Sainsbury's in Northern Ireland have been having to sell spa stock because of issues with getting stock across from England to Northern Ireland? But there's going to be no border issues between, you know, the rest of Britain and, and Northern Ireland. Absolutely not. Spa stock. Yeah, literally, that is that is. Kenny, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Just whip that spa, grab a shitload of milk, we just can't get it. <laughs> just, there's 20 quid, go get as much as you can, but just tell them, just, just, just tell them it's all for you. Don't say we're reselling it. I just think it's all a bit. Hey guys, just a quick note. Um, <clears throat> I'm just kind of uh, editing this in now. Just a quick note uh, before we continue. Um... I sound awful for basically the rest of this show. Um, had real internet connectivity problems and uh, had to start recording on my phone. Um, yeah, AirPods Pro, not the best mics for podcasting. So uh, if you feel you can't listen to the rest of it, then apologies. But I thought it better to put the show out than um, not put it out at all. So uh, yeah, I like I say just apologies and uh, back to normal next week hopefully okay so uh, let's move on to trailers have you guys got anything this week uh, only lockdown yeah yeah this is uh, this is coming awfully fast isn't it it's a little bit isn't it and it does seem like a movie that was made during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of seems like the two main actors, the only actors that are going to be in it, like famous actors that are going to be in it, not on a video screen. Yes, yeah, everyone else seems like they're going to be... Well, yeah, that and Stephen Merchant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, the thing is, it looks like it's going to be light-hearted. It, it doesn't look like Songbird, does it? Which, I, I, you know, I think is definitely points in its camp. Yeah, it, it, it does. It looks fun. It looks... The trailer does look a little bit like it's just given you the entire movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um... I mean, Lord knows how it will come out over here. It's on HBO Max next week. Can't imagine it's... Next I, I week? Imagine. Yeah. Get out. Yeah, like, literally next Thursday. I think that it's got, a, it's got a release date of the UK, the 5th of March, I believe. Okay, all right. So they are going to hold it over here then. I mean... It kind of feels like maybe that kind of bet that Warners could take, like, you know, early March. It's not a blockbuster, but it's got some names in it and whatnot. And, you know, if things are being relaxed by early March, there probably is an argument that that people just want to go out and have a light-hearted time about COVID. 
Um, I can see that working. Yeah, I could as well, actually. Um, what I will say um, is when I thought it was going to be originally from the start of the trailer, when I thought it was going to essentially be Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor stuck in a house together for like two months when they split up literally at the start of lockdown and it was just going to be them just not getting on or starting to get on like that, I was a little bit like, all right, I'm actually quite interested in this. When they added a diamond heist from Harrods into it, I was a little bit like, oh, okay. Hmm. I did enjoy uh, for asking that guy, how many asses do you have? <laughs> yeah, it was what I said, yeah. That was quite that was quite amusing that. <laughs> it just um yeah. it, it feels a little bit I don't know. I, I, I don't know the is the world ready for a lockdown movie yet that is that. I'm not I'm not sure. But fuck it. Why not? Let's give it a go. <laughs> I mean it's I mean it's fascinating. And also um Mark saying that I kinda of sound like I'm in a fishbowl unfortunately it's gonna it is what it is tonight i'm not gonna be able to uh uh kind of get out of that um my wi-fi is being funny and this is basically the best i can do tonight so sorry listeners um but yeah um host with you know that came at a time where you know it was early august that came out and at a time where things were being loosened and people was like kind of like seeing each other again, you know, pubs were open and they were imploring us all to get out of the fucking house and whatnot. So I think, you know, it's like if Host came out this week, would it have been like the cultural, like the pop cultural force that it was in early August? I, I, I doubt it. Whereas with lockdown, it's lighthearted, you know, um, I mean, and, you know, it's fucking songbirds talking about how COVID mutated. It's like, well, yeah, tell us something we don't know, you know. Um, but at least in songbird, in songbird is killing people. But this new variant doesn't seem to be uh, more more killer. But um, yeah, we, I, I, I just, I'm I'm up for seeing light-hearted COVID stuff. I can't say I, I can't say I'm particularly in the mood to watch host right now. And there is no fucking way on earth you would get me watching Songbird right now. But lockdown lockdown or lockdown, I, I, I think I can give it a go now. Yeah, I I I am I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a go. Like you say, it looks a little bit lighthearted and a little bit fluffy and I'm I, I'm I'm down for that. I'm down for watching Chiwetel Edge for in that kind of movie because I really like him when he's in that kind of form. So, I've not seen this trailer, so what? What? <laughs> it's so the trailer basically is that um, Trudel Edgefor and Anne Hathaway are a couple, mm-hmm. um, and they essentially break. It would seem like they break up, or she tells him that she wants to break up, but it's just as lockdown starts. Right. But they think it's just going to be two weeks, and then it obviously becomes more and more time. Uh, but it seems like that they get into a situation where they can actually by their the, what they do for jobs they can end up stealing a three million pound diamond from harrods um and so they decide why not <laughs> i mean fair. Yeah. yeah 
Uh, but it looks it looks fun and a little bit kind of like capery, but capery in a in a lockdown world kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 quite up for it. It looks it, if it's if it's anything more than 104 minutes long, it's going to be too long. I don't know. I just I'm waiting for the whole uh, the outraged. How can you make light of something like this? Oh, there will be that. Uh, yeah, without question. You know, this, thing, this pandemic and the lockdown to ruin people's lives, which like um, the Jennifer Aniston Christmas tree decoration. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Why do people make a big deal of that? Why do people care what she's got on a Christmas tree? Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, it, it looks, it looks, it looks fun. And do you know what? It's a new film, like a new, new film. <laughs> not not a new film Although that we knew that we knew about six months ago that yeah. was supposed to be out. It's a brand new new film. Mm. A brand new new film. Yeah. Nice. So I'm down for that. Not fair. Uh, okay. No. Very good. Um, right. Let's just move on to the midnight sky. Oh. That sounds nice, doesn't it? It sounds like a lovely family tale that we all want to sit around the fire and watch at Christmas. I must say, I'm really fucking glad I didn't watch this at Christmas. Directed by George Clooney and starring George Clooney, Felicity Jones, David Oyelowo, um, Cara... How the hell do you pronounce her name? Kaylin Springle? I'm going to go with Kale and Springle. Uh, Kay, uh, Kyle Chandler, Damian Bashir, and Tiffany Boone. Um, Midnight Sky. Uh, it's been some sort of apocalypse. Um, we don't really know what it's to do with. And um, you get little bit, bits and pieces, but uh, it's conveniently um, kind of like clouded in uh, radio static. Um, Augustine a scientist in the Arctic, where uh, because apparently the poles are going to be hit la- last, uh, is on his own in a research base, um, trying to establish contact with a mission which is coming back from a potentially habitable planet. Uh, but he is shocked when he discovers that a little girl has been left behind, that is Iris, played by the girl with the difficult name. Uh, the worst of the Dragon Tattoo sequels. Can, can um, I, I say something? <laughs> I, I know how to pronounce the name. I don't no, you don't. I do. I do. Oh, no. It's Kaelin. It's just the Irish spelling of Kaelin. Have you just Googled that? No. Do you know how I know that? Because Liverpool player called Queeven Kelleher, and his name is spelt mad like that with just letters that make no sense. So I know that's Kaelin. I know. Uh, it's like uh, my my, uh, my my school friend Siobhan when uh, I first talked to her on MSN Messenger because that's what we all talked on when uh, I was in school and came up Siobhan. I was like, who are you? And she was like, Siobhan. I was like, what? What? And she was like, Shiv. And I was like, oh, Shiv. How did you think Siobhan was spelled? I still think the Spanish Siobhan is witchcraft. I mean, like, kind of like Chevrolet, but that kind of structure. 
I mean, I, yeah. I can almost guarantee there is a child out there in the same like, um, like the, like these these kids where they do stupid spellings and parents call their children Nevea because it's heading backwards and stuff like that. There there will be a Siobhan out there with it'll be C H E V A W N or something along those lines. Oh yeah, no question, yeah. For sure, and so it should be. Um, <laughs> and what's her not mum's name? Anne. Lovely um, Anne, great woman, great name. Anne. Siobhan Siobhan, nah. <laughs> not having it. Not having it. Just make for a good nickname, though, Siobhan. Her boys, Reuben and Finn. Good names. Her spelling makes sense. Bullshit. Her husband, Ben. Ben. B E N. Ben. Sylpan. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I'm, over, I'm, I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this, but I do kind of hope some like a mutual friend goes like you can hear what Ian's saying about your fucking name on his phone. <laughs> anyway, I might um, message her and tell her to listen to it first, like half hour. Oh, fucking hell! Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's all in good fun. Um. <laughs> so anyway, he finds a girl, but then also this mission, they don't even know about this disaster on Earth, and Felicity Jones. She's only gone and hooked up with uh, her superior, David Oyelowo. They're having a baby. And they're on a ship. Oh, dear. You can tell how fascinated I was by the Midnight Sky. Becky, what did you think of the Midnight Sky? You need to say something at some point, Becky. Yeah, I, just, I, I liked it for quite a big stretch of it. That's that's my problem. But it, it fucks itself at the end. And I, I, I still I still can't get over the end credit. Like, the choice, <laughs> the choice made with those end credits. And like, yeah, well, we just have it it's like candid footage and they're just like, you know, they're just going about their business doing their work on the ship. But they've not touched any of these buttons for the entirety of the movie. Why would they suddenly start having so much to do with buttons? Well, to be to be fair, they have recently lost like sixty percent of their crew. Don't try and defend it. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm not defending the credits are fucking stupid. Like have, seriously, God. They have some big newsreaders earpiece doesn't work energy going on. Yeah, Whether they I mean, sat there awkwardly shuffling papers and waiting for the queue and like looking around in the distance, it is so fucking awkward. And then, then he gets up and fucks off, and she's just there, beep boop boop, in uh, buttons that clearly don't do like anything because they have charted their course to to this moon, so that she's just there pretending to do something. And then she wanders off to the back and she does some at a different little pedestal. It just goes on for so long as well while the credits are going. Like have it for have it for a minute or so and then cut to black and have the credits over that. It, it's on for like an hour. But it's quite an hour. It's a long time. Though. But it's a while. Um. Yeah, and so I think that that's kind of. It's obliterated all of the thoughts about the movie that I had just by that, just by the sheer awful awkwardness of that bit. Um, 
you know, it's it's got a twist that it clearly thinks is really clever. But I mean, I don't. When did you pick up on the twist? I, when, when, it, when I turned out of you and when she's not real. Yeah. <laughs> it's the bit where he loses her in the snow, doesn't he? I oh, know. I said it went for that. You great word, isn't it? But yeah, it's it's it, it gets to it and it's like, oh, this is his daughter, really, and she's imaginary, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this is this it? Is this the payoff? Because no, no. Yeah. I just I wasn't expecting like the, the film to have a gotcha moment at the end. Like if if you were to tell me going in. This was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Then I would have been like, right. And I WhatsApped in in the boy chat. It's a fucking good thing that he recognised what that bloody flower was. And, <laughs> and it's like, as if that happened in a Shyamalan film, I would have been like, yeah, she's not real. You know, but because it's Clooney, because it's just like big prestige, big budget drama. I wasn't. I, I, I just wasn't really expecting to have a twist. Mm. And it, it's well, and it does set it up at the start as well, doesn't it? With that little girl being separated from her parents when everyone's evacuated. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, because that that that's the thing. And I mean, like that was a that was just like, bong, pay attention to this, bong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, you know, it, it's. Yeah, I, I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Um, I, like Becky, uh, I there's bits that I enjoyed, and I'll get to the bits that I enjoyed um, in, in a moment. Um, I'll go through the bits that I was a little bit like, there wasn't any bits like that were as, as clangy as that. There was just like a few bits where I was like, this is just a bit funny. And like the, the, the kind of like low level grated on me. It really um, bothered you with the cereal bowl, didn't you? Didn't it? Yeah. Why, why would you put it in your other bowl? It, 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 right. If you go there and you see a cereal bowl that's there and you've got your cereal in a bowl and you look at it and you go, where's that other cereal bowl come from? You wouldn't think, <laughs> you wouldn't then go, oh, well, fuck it. And then put it in your own bowl, would you? Thing, You'd maybe go, shit, I'm not pick up my cereal bowl from yesterday. So that milk's been out all day. Well, fuck that. You wouldn't just go, man, fuck it, I'm more cereal for, more cereal for George. Mm. I think I think the thing's supposed to be that he's poorly, so maybe he's a bit forgetful and he's already done it. That's what he thinks, but it never sets up him being that poorly that he's that forgetful. But even then, you would still go, "Nah, this is the right amount of cereal." Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to trust that table cereal. You would just go, "Yeah, Grumpy George wants more cereal. Right. Um. So yeah, the cereal thing bothered me. Right. <laughs> a little bit. Um. The fucking the 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 wonderful the gloriousness. Of essentially fucking um, Flick and David um, Oyelwo realising that literally they might be the last two humans alive and then it literally it dawning on them of the... Their facial expressions. Yeah. Oh, shit. Shit. There has never been a we got drunk at Christmas on a spaceship moment <laughs> ever than that. No. Um, also, as well, that's highly irresponsible. I would think that NASA would literally say to them, no, if you're going to burn, right, while you're on this spaceship, 
don't we need to make sure that you're not going to become pregnant because that would it, no matter what you say, that would hamper their ability to do their their, their job. So it wouldn't. What if she had complications? Exactly. So I'm, I'm guessing that she'd need to have an implant or some kind of jab. All of them. It just would seem like a like a, a thing that would happen, right? We don't trust you not to bone. Yeah. So we are going to make sure. So we're going to make sure that that, that that this can't happen. So there is another thing, right? So th- th- there's bits. Also, as well, if you need this rucksack. Right? Yeah. If you need this rucksack to survive, right, then maybe keep it closer. Or go, do you know what? Maybe I'm going to take a spare that I'll keep on the sled. But it's, it's on the sled when the sled goes under, though, isn't it? It is on the sled when the sled goes under, only because he's got it out of the weird little camper van thing that they fucking, that was on, on ice that they decided to stay in. Yes, yeah, I didn't get that. Why would they go massively off course to go and stay in, like, that won't have been warm. No. That will be full of cold Arctic yeah. air. And it's big, so their body heat's not going to heat it up quickly. They have a perfectly serviceable fucking tent. Ten. Yep. So which fine. will warm up quicker. But that's not the, the... None of those things are the thing that, 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 that grated on me more. Was it the credit sequence? No, it wasn't. Um, and it's not even like a great on me that like it annoyed me I thought it was bad or shit or anything like that. It was just a little bit like a... Moment. Right. So this movie, at the start of it, is set in 2049. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, this really bothered me as well. Right? So it's set in 2049. And can we agree that Clooney is supposed to be probably... 60s? At at, at most, mid-60s. Yeah. Right? Mm. So when he's earlier Augustine, Mm -hmm. right? Young Augustine, he's probably, what, Mm mid-30s? So we're saying that that is probably set now, the the, the 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 early bits, the bits where he's just, you know, scientist. What is it? Is set now. Can we both, all three of us, agree on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So why are all the flashback scenes, with the exception of the one at the observatory? Mm. So the other bits, the bit where she's telling him, "You don't care about me. You only care about your job," and the bit where they meet. Why is it almost like that set in the 30s? Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's just, it, it, it's it's a little bit, and I think you can see this for a lot of Clooney's directorial work, it's a bit all over the place. And I, I think Clooney is a good director. This doesn't seem like a, a air quotes, Netflix movie. It just doesn't. No. It mm. looks really nice. It, it, it looks like all the money's there on screen. But, it, it's just a little bit thrown about. And I think this often often happens with Clooney in the fact that he seems to go, oh, I want this to look like this, I want this to feel like this. And it's like, right, but that doesn't make sense when the other bit feels like this. And it's... But the bits with Clooney I found engaging. Uh, yeah. The little girl is engaging. Mm. Uh, the bits... In in the observatory before they set off are the bits that I liked. Yeah. Like the bit where he, he tries to make her go into a different room to go to sleep and then he sort of lies down and she kind of sneaks back in and lays down in the corner. Yeah. It's it, quite... That, yeah. Fun. Um, the bits on the spaceship were a little bit like, this is fine, but we've had a lot of spaceship bits recently with movies 
and this isn't as good a thief. You were actually in one, George. Uh, and it, it's not as good. And it just, I don't know, I'm getting the feeling with Clooney a little bit like, because he doesn't do a lot now. It's like he became George Clooney and he worked really hard to become got George Clooney. And now he's kind of like gone, well, I've done all that. I've, I've, I've unlocked all of those um, achievements. those achievements, and I'm just going to sit back and look back on on all of my achievements. It's kind of since he got married, though, and you kind of hope that it's because he's just happy. No, that, 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 that's yeah. fine, but he doesn't seem happy. He doesn't seem happy. He does. He seems a bit he's grouchy. Like, yeah, he seems like Harry, he's got a Harrison Ford kind of vibe going on, like surly and a bit. Yeah, a little bit of a. There's an, and I think I said it to Ian on the when we were chatting about it on uh, Messenger. It is. He's gone from being really charismatic, which I think he still is in this, mm. to just seeming a bit like a I'm better than you vibe. Mm. He is. That's fine. <laughs> but it's just he doesn't need to kind of... Rub it in your face. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I don't I don't get why George Clooney has made this version of this movie. Well, But I enjoyed it. A couple of things there. Just... It... Nothing really happens in this movie. This is such a pointless story. It's pointless. It, it, there's, there's no meat on the bones of this story. And then the other thing I was going to say was just back onto like what you said before about <coughs> the spaceship stuff. The spaceship stuff is dire. You're not. We're not. Fair. I hated it. The only bit I liked of the spaceship stuff was when that girl died but, with the zero gravity. Oh, that was fucking good. Yeah, it was. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, but the other bit there is Kyle Chandler and Damien Bashir, right? Mm. So Clooney is gone. It's gone. There's nothing left. The Earth is gone. They can see the Earth is gone because they can see it literally in this weird kind of fucking fuzzy phase of just browns and yellows, right? Mm. NASA is gone, right? Carl Chandler goes to David. Um, oh yeah, well, goes. I made a promise to my family. I, I need to go down and do that. And he goes, yeah, fair enough. So, no, it's gone, Kyle. You don't know there's not people living in the ground or whatever, do you? He kind of does. It, it, it's it's like he's gone, I need to try. But he doesn't even say, I need to try. Even if there's a small chance my family are alive, I need to try. He just goes, you know, I did say I'd come back. It's like, well, yeah, you're not going to go into space and say to your family, if hey, you, die, you know what? Might fucking die. I'll come back if I can. But if I can't, it's been nice knowing you. It, that isn't what you say, is it? No. Is it, in, in, in that last little bit of pillow talk, you don't go, this might be the last time we fuck. You go, don't worry, I'll be back. It, but then Damien Bashir, like, yeah. him going down there, I don't know, it's a bit like... Uh, it's okay, a, bit buddy, like, you do a bit you. like he's gone. Don't leave me these two. I don't like them. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the thing. That's, short, that's like the only reason, because... They're two people who need to go back to that new planet to potentially kickstart the human race again. Do you think they might need some help, Damien? No, Damien Bashir. Yeah. I'm not spending time changing that piece. No, I took one fucking look at Felicity Jones's face and was like, shit, if I go back, I'm going to end up having to fuck that for some kind of biodiversity reason, and I don't want to look at it. Bashir, right, what he's doing is he's channeling the exact thing that I would be saying. To, to Kyle Chandler, like, I'm going to come with you. But why? What have you got to live for? It's like, no, 
I am not being stuck in a spaceship with a fucking screaming baby. Not a chance. <laughs> you know, we'll probably die there. I'm going to say that. Yeah, literally. It's better than shooting myself out of the airlock in three months' time. Yeah, it's like, you know, if what's her name didn't die, I'd maybe think about it, because at least there'd be somebody else to share the pain. But nah, yeah. you're all right. It, it, it would be somebody else who I could go, who I could turn on and say, we could shoot the baby out of the airlock. Just putting it out there. We could. We could say it was an accident. I think, because those two are really good in it, actually. Like, the, the spaceship stuff is, is dire, but I, I really enjoyed them too. They're dynamic and they're, their characters and their acting was good. But all it served to do was highlight how fucking awful the other three were. They, they were seriously phoned in performances. Yeah, I mean, Oyelowo o- was very, very, very one note. He is you, you, like dispassionate, stoic captain. You, you, don't, you don't work out that he's the captain until literally somebody references him, him as being the captain. You're like, oh, he's in charge. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of thought Felicity Jones was for a while. Yeah, yeah. and um, it almost like, almost like clearly went, oh, wait a minute. Which one of you guys is in charge? And Felicity Jones might have just gone, it was me, and he's gone, <laughs> no, woman. Him. I don't like the whole kind of, the, the whole women don't give a fuck about their appearance when they're pregnant trope either. That, it bothers the fuck out of me. Brush your hair, put on some makeup, just be a bit more, just be a bit less fucking flat. She's so flat in it. She's a humorless true i like felicity jones i like her in everything else yeah i've seen she's in fucking inferno for god's sake what a film what a film it's a masterpiece i won't go that far (laughs) i I will just say about felicity jones's appearance i thought she was haunting moving on (laughs) she she looks like she's lost so much weight what did you um what did you think of it overall And, and just, just to say, she looked fucking anorexic. It really, really, really bothered me. And I don't know whether that was like the makeup job they did on her. I suppose it must have been. But she looked really gone. Her cheeks looked yeah. like they were being sucked in constantly. And it really just put me off how ill she looked. And that must have been a choice. Yeah. Um, and I felt bad for her. That's the, I felt bad for her anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, right, I really, really like the George Clooney stuff, you know, the, the kind of like the survival nature of that and just how in peril he was. And whenever it cut back to space, I was like, you know, is Kyle Chandler going to go like a bit mad and go rogue? No, he doesn't. All right, cool. Fair enough. That, that's cool. Damien Bashir, what's he doing? Not much really. He's just there for... Like, because he's Damien Bashir and we, we like to give him with Damien Bashir roles. Okay, cool. Yeah, fair enough. That's, that's fine. Um, yeah, but I just didn't really care about the space stuff, um, which is obviously not the point of the film. And my big bugbear with it, singing Sweet Caroline like that when you had some proper serious fucking work to do and you needed to keep your eye on the ball. No. No, I get that they, I get that they're professionals and they're chill and they don't get stressed, one hundred percent. But going off on Sweet Caroline like that, 
in that situation where Cole Talbot says they're basically flying blind earlier on. They're still flying blind. And what happens? That girl dies. What what would say there is, as well, Clooney misses a directorial <laughs> piece here. Because he, he, he misses it, right? So you've got the build-up and they're all singing and everything like that and everything going. And you're watching going, something's about to go wrong, isn't yeah. it? Right? What it should have done is when the Sweet Caroline bit comes in, it should have gone boom to the outside of the spaceship. The noise should have gone from being, the, the song should have gone from being playing within the what is it to being the soundtrack. And it should have gone boom and then the thing should have fucking crashed and hit. And you'd had a bit of a, oh, fuck, that went, what is it? Whereas what happens is they just carry on seeing Sweet Caroline and then things go, what is it? And it, it lacks drama mm. because you've not got the crescendo of it all. You've got a build and you have a perfect crescendo that it, it almost feels like Clooney almost had it, but then just couldn't be bothered to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, you're it, right. There's bits of it that, that feel a little bit like that with this movie, where it's like, we've almost got it, but... Yeah, like missed opportunities. Yeah. Like, literally, we went, right, what I wanted to do is, I wanted to do this... Uh, d- d- wait, oh, no, it's five. See you all there. It, it does feel a little bit like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it just... It, it's just a depressingly yeah you know I, I thought Clooney was good I felt really really fucking sad for him like I thought his part of that ending worked um you know he kind of like resigned to his fate but the kind of like the hope that things will endure I I thought that worked but it but then again it just kind of pressed the can you see what's happening here kind of klaxon too much and it kind of it, it took away from it for me um but yeah i mean that's it's not you know it's not shit i don't even think it's touching cloth i don't think it's a shit film but it just the, the bad choices that it makes i mean it should have been 20 minutes shorter with all 20 of those minutes being taken out of the space section yeah the space section should have been half of the movie it should have been a little flash across and it seems like the space bits are there literally just to just to justify the budget mm. and it makes no sense whatsoever and um, what i will say is like you referenced there bex though the zero gravity blood bit when he when she first takes the helmet off and the blood just starts coming out all in like d- big droplets and the girl just goes that's too much blood and you watched it going, that That's is too much blood. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. No, but even even before that, like the build up to that, where she's like, you, you see her walking and then she's just like, a drop comes into her helmet and she's like, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's blood. Where's that coming from? Yeah. And then from there up until like when she dies, that bit's really well done. It's really tense, yeah. It, it's it, like, why was the rest of it not as well done as that bit? They mm. they. What? I was going to reference the credit sequence again, but I'll work because it's obviously how much it bothers me, doesn't it? You, you, you do seem a little bit focused on it. They use all the tension from that section in that section, and that's why they, that's why it was so bad. It was gone there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, 
just the thing about the thing about the ending is you know they're having a conversation then the conversation ends and you just expect something else to happen <laughs> yes so you expect like it's to just start like they do yeah it's like and i'd even preferred it if there'd been like a few seconds of silence and then like one of them had gone took a foot when uh, yeah, 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 make as much noise as we want it, 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 almost like you're expecting um david Ayala to, to turn around to say did you know him or something like that? And her to go, I feel like I did. Or something <laughs> like that. And it doesn't even do that. It's just like... It, 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 it doesn't go for... It, it doesn't go for like a cheesy ending or anything. But it just goes with, with a like a... What? Is that, yeah. that, that, that's it, is it? Yeah. That, right. Are those credits? Yeah, I think they're credits. Yeah, okay. We're just gonna keep watching, yeah, yeah. It, it is a little bit like like if you're in the cinema, you go, wait, do we do we leave now? Do we leave now? Are the house, why are the house lights on? Should the house lights have come on? Do we do we go? Ah, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah, I mean, the thing and had it fade to black, you could have switched it off. But because it keeps going, you think maybe something else is gonna happen, so you can't switch it off. So you're just there. But what else could have happened? There should have been some sort of warning light should have flashed up and it should have just cut to black. Yeah. yeah the red light should have come back on and they, they, they both should have just gone, oh. And then there. Uh, I mean, oh, you probably would have been able to it in the film. But... Red light flashed on and then flashed back off again and Clooney just appeared behind them. <laughs> now he's in her head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's like you, you, you're wondering, like, did, did she know? It, it, it just, it's, it's, the thing is, it's not shit. But I don't know how it's not shit. <laughs> it's I, 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 I think it's not shit because the Clooney side is engaging. Yeah. And I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. I, 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 I feel like I've, I've just kind of like talked it down loads, but I still gave it four out of five. Oh, I'm, I'm a three. Like, no way am I a four. Like, those three did. stars are basically all Clooney. I think I did give it section. I did give it four. I don't think I should have given it four. No. I think three and a half is enough. Go yeah. away, half a star. There you go. It, it's touching cloth for me. There's too many downsides. There's good bits. They're isolated. That's fair. That's very fair. I'm, I, I, I'm definitely not shit. Um, our audience poll. <laughs> Some hubris you've got going on there, Mark. Yeah, uh, 22% uh, definitely not shit, 44% touching cloth, and 33% shit. Yeah, fair. That is fair, yeah. It is a bit. Um... CS3P Combat. Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. Well, you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight! Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. 
I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? Are you a craft beer junkie? Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes, access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Let's do this. Uh, Bex, what have you been watching? Oh, let me have a look, see if I've been watching anything on my own. I didn't expect you to come straight to me. That was really confused me. Uh, I watched, on my own, only two films actually this week. Um, well, not on my own, with Isabel. Um, so I showed Isabel Ghost Ship, which she claimed to not have seen. And then when it got to the bit where everyone gets chopped in half at the dancey bit, went oh I remember this because I remember this scene's been really good um so she she enjoyed everyone getting chopped in half and then that man's face falling off um I I, I absolutely love Ghost Chip I watch it far too regularly to be fair but I just find it quite it's quite comforting in its like cheesiness but there's some really good like visuals in there as well um and it's and it's spooky, but it's not like it doesn't make you feel bad. That you know, spooky. It's not like it's not trying to do anything. It's just trying to be a spooky ghost story. Um, and then the bit at the end where she sees him getting. You've seen it, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she sees like the soul collector dude getting on another ship with another like crew and bunch of passengers and stuff, and it's all just gonna fucking start again. It's just it's just great. I would have watched the sequel to that movie. Ghost ship. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other one that I watched with Izzy was Sleepy Hollow. Um, because I just fancied watching a film from back when Johnny Depp used to not be shit. But I think this this I mean the the obvious one that you can pinpoint for where he went shit and couldn't act without doing that kind of mannerism all the time was they can't see that. I know you can. Okay. They can imagine it. They know what mannerism I mean. Um, the recoiling one with the confused face. That that comes from, that started really in Fear and Loathing. And then he's pulled it forward from there. I would say the first one was... Um, it, 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 Pirates of the both made him a global superstar and actually made him a shitter actor, is what I would say. Yeah, but Fear and Loathing was before Pirates. Wasn't yeah, it? but I don't think you. I don't, you know, long but that's time. where that's where the mannerisms. That's that's the first kind of visual of it. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah, with the the, the, the yeah. Fair yeah, enough. and then you you know you, you do get it a bit in this as well, and it's it, it'd be interesting. I I like 
sleeping for long. It, I, I, I think the fact that it's, you know, it's it's an old school kind of legend of like the place kind of it, it helps. It gives it a bit more kind of I don't know, grounding, I guess. Um, and I, and I and I do really like the film, but it is it is one of the one of the ones that it's one of the markers on the way to his descent into not being able to act without being outsized if that makes sense yeah i mean i i never got on with sleepy hollow to be honest is it the headman's headless horseman thing no just just a bit boring so if you think about it like going back before fear and loathing there was none of that and then he did obviously Ninth Gate and Astronaut's Wife before this, and then in this it, it's it's starting with those kind of stupid mannerisms, mm. and then we get into the dark years of the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just it's just weird seeing I don't know the decline of his ability, I suppose. Um, and they're the only two I watched without you. Oh. Should we do our, our watching Ian and then? Um... You can do yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, right. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll get rid of the, the Christmas one because we did watch one more Christmas movie, didn't we? But it was the week between Christmas and New Year. So we, decided we, we allowed out. ourselves, what is it? Because we wanted to watch this. We didn't want to wait till next year, did we? <laughs> yeah. So we went, fuck it. Uh, and we, we were in a little bit of a... We were in a little bit of a Gibson zone, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we're just okay. all, all for um, the weapon movies. movies. And so we gave Batman um, a, a, a go, which is the um, Elsham Nelms and Ian Nelms uh, movie uh, starring Mel Gibson, Walton Goggins, uh, Marianne, um, Jean-Baptiste, uh, a few other people. Um, so the basic gist of it is um, that Santa Claus is real, but he's Chris Kringle, but he is Santa Claus. Um, and he essentially lives in Alaska and works in Alaska, has elves that make things. Um, and But he gets like a grant from the US government yeah, every year. To provide toys to the good children. To provide toys to good children. Um, and yeah, his grant's getting smaller. Because the good children because are getting fewer. Because the good fewer. children are getting fewer. So uh, he essentially uses his workforce his workforce is hired to make military parts <laughs> for the u.s government um are, are is, they elves Sorry. yeah they are yeah right okay but that that's kind of like not the main story that's almost like a little side story that kind of goes quite well <laughs> actually and, until walton goggins shows up and the main story is walton goggins kind of has an obsession with santa claus because he didn't get what he wanted when he was a kid, but he's also a um, assassin, a hired assassin, who has been hired by a sociopathic little kid to kill Santa Claus because Santa Claus gave him coal for Christmas. And that's kind of like the story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Fucking great. (laughs) It's okay. not like over the top, um, like stylized, is it? I don't know. The, the bit where um, 
the bit where um, Morton Goggins turns up at like Santa's house and it, it's a bit what is it in um, Scrooge? What's the Lee Majors thing? Oh, okay. Uh, night of the reindeer dying. Yeah, yes. it, it's a bit like that. It is a bit like that, yeah. It is, but done like in a really like grimy way. Santa's <laughs> such a dick. Um, Santa's <laughs> a dick, but he's not like a he's not a miserable dickhead or anything, is he? He's just pissed off that there's no more good children. He's just to make pissed off that for. there's less good children. Mm. <laughs> and the threat of Santa's not there because obviously they won't get the Santa's toy, but they'll get loads off their parents. So yeah. like, oh, oh but Marianne Jean Baptiste uh, plays essentially Mrs. Claus. <laughs> and and yeah, their relationship is quite adorable. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody, if you've not seen it, wait till next Christmas because you're in for a fucking treat because it's a lot of fun. And it will, without a doubt, be on like Netflix or something like that next Christmas. Anyway. Yeah. It it's surprisingly good. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Walter Goggins is, is is channeling some energy. I mean, he always is. Yeah. I can't watch him in anything now without seeing him in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, though. that's a fair enough comment. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what what kind of vibe is this going for? It's going for like a serious Santa movie. It's going to be a bit depressing and bleak and stuff. And it's just not no. really, is it? It is. It's a bit like it's fun. It's dark, but it's. <laughs> funny as fuck yeah the um like there's a point where one of the like the head um elves uh, is that they have been lunch in the canteen that they've got and then basically it's just all like fucking it's Candy. like cakes and what is it and all this lot and you've got one of the um the, the army guy that is there um who is overseeing like the production of a lot of these parts for weapons it, it's sort of saying you know this isn't a balanced diet, you know. You should have um, <laughs> protein, protein and carbohydrates and fruits and vegetables. And they also look at me going, "No, don't agree with that." Uh, well, this could explain, like, you know, the fact that you, you know, your short stature and the, you know, the grey complexion that you all have. I think it's like, yeah, maybe, but you know, we can work fourteen-hour shifts back to back, and you guys can't. It's like. And he's like, that's a fair point, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> and just kind of agrees with them. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a good time, this fat man. Uh, moving on, continuing our, our, <laughs> our, our, our Mel Gibson uh, little mini, what's it? No, oh, gotcha, it's in the ceiling. Um, we watched Joe Carnahan's new movie, um, Boss Level. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Uh, so, Which I explained to Isabel as... Happy Death Day with Frank Grillo, to which she said, who? Yeah. Frank Grillo, who, who, who literally is playing a human thirst trap. Um, it, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he is in this, yeah. It's the guy's in his 50s. He's a hot guy in his 50s. It, 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 there, there's a moment where literally, literally, it's like Joe Carnahan has gone, Frank, just stand there with your shirt off for a minute. And he's gone, what? And he's gone, gone. Can we just shoot this? Because it's just fucking fun watching him without his shirt on for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you kind of watch it going, yeah, it is kind of fun watching that shirt on. It is. So the idea about boss level, and I won't give too much away because this movie is a, a, a new movie. And, you know, we are all spoiled all the time, but let's not spoil things for sake of spoiling things. Yeah. Is Because anyone who hasn't seen this movie needs to watch it. Yeah. Um, 
he keeps waking up in the same time loop, doesn't he? Yes. No matter how he dies, it, it's basically Groundhog Day, but it's framed like a computer game. Yes. Which is a lot of fun um, in that. And there's a lot of like weird deaths and bits like that. And then he starts working out how he's got to actually try and beat this computer game. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's done like a like because it's the whole thing um is done like an like an 80s b movie but also at the same time um have like a, a kind of noir sci-fi noir twinge to it mm. um and yeah it's an awful lot of fun yeah yeah it really is yeah um watch it when it comes out because it's there's a lot going on with it that, that's that's fun the um Selena Lowe playing um, Gwyn Yen, a, um, a samurai <laughs> who who literally has an annoying catchphrase every time she kills somebody. I am Gwen Yin and I have done this. Yeah, and you keep saying it over and over again. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's it's yeah, it's a good time. Um, yeah, very very heavy recommend on that one. We did our customary uh, New Year uh, rewatch of When Harry Met Sally, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, I don't think we really need to talk about when Harry Met Sally. don't need to talk about when Harry Met Sally, but I will say what I always say about when Harry Met Sally. Every time I watch it, it just gets better. We're having Papa Cash for dinner at some point this week. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, if, if, I think the weird thing is, if when Harry Met Sally was released now, people would go absolutely fucking nuts over it and talk about how amazing it was. And then the other half of people would go on about how terrible it is and how awful it is and how they depict relationships and like that. But it just all feels quite real and quite realistic. That's the thing. It's like you watch it and it's like Harry's he is kind of a dick in it. He is kind of a dick to her. He, he puts her down quite a lot and he's quite like dismissive of her emotions and stuff like that. But then sometimes he's really lovely and that's more realistic in a relationship than just everything being hearts and fucking roses all the time because it isn't. And, like, films that are made now that people don't find problematic, it's like, you watch it and you're like, yeah, but that's not, that's not how not it real. is. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're swapping out reality. Um, for an idealised version. For, for essentially a sanitised version of what actually, what actually exists. And then people, young people, watch these movies, think that's what relationships should be like, get into a real relationship, it's not like that, and then they just never stay with anybody. Hmm. Because they're after this idealised version, which isn't... Yeah, it, it, it would be described as, oh, he's being toxic. It's like, no, it, that's just how some relationships work. <laughs> it's not the toxic relationship. And the thing is, well, like that. It's just, she doesn't put up with it. No, sometimes people are dickheads. And the mm. key moment is this. At one point, he's being a dickhead, and he literally realises she's being a dickhead. She calls him out of her dickhead, and he goes, yeah, I've been a dickhead, I'm sorry. Straight away. And it's mm. it's moments like that, it's like, Unfortunately, sometimes people are going to be dickheads. The thing is, she she walks away from him a number of times. She walks away from that friendship a number of times before they he kind of goes, ah, actually, maybe it's me, and goes and like... Yeah, he has a moment of realisation. Yeah. But he's never that bad. He's never that much of an arsehole. He just is a bit of a dick sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic, though, when I'm that song. And finally, we watched Greenland, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, we did. Oh. Yes, we did. You not like Greenland? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's the most soft yes. 
There's, there's just some very stupid decisions made. There's a lot of very stupid decisions made in Greenland, yeah. Um, mm, stay there. All right. No. Nope. Nope. Not gonna. And then she gets lost. Yeah. And then the child gets. It just there's some very stupid decisions made. There is a lot of very stupid decisions made. It's 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 fun. There's not there's not as much spectacle, and it kind of is more the on the ground drama. I mm. think of it all, mm. which is quite interesting. Mm. Uh, and I kind of I kind of quite like that, but you will spend an awful lot of time going, you fucking dumbasses <laughs> at people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, of all the things that you don't want to do, that is it. Uh, I also like Scott Glenn's character of basically just being really old man. Just really old man. And then when they leave him and go, well, what about Grandad? It's like, Grandad, he basically goes, I just want to die. Yeah. Yeah, he does do that, yeah. <laughs> and he looks like he just wants to die. How old is Scott Glenn now? Scott Glenn is... 97. He's not 97. No, he's not. Uh, oh, I don't know. There's no date of birth on his Wikipedia. No job. No, which means he could be any age. He's 14. He's not 14. He was born the 26th of January, 1939. So he's like... 82. Yes. 1939, yeah. So he's his... Can't, I can't... I'm, I'm, a person in their 80s called Scott. Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? That's his middle name. Oh, what's his first name? Theodore. Yeah, Teddy sounds more, more right. like an 80-year-old. Yeah, alright. Okay, the world is right in itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that 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 um, oh yeah, that's 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 what we watched this week. Yeah. Okay. The kid really fucking annoying. The kid is annoying, but all kids are annoying. That is true. Nice. Um, I I really enjoyed this and she confirmed my thoughts that it's not proving and we're going to move on with no comeback to that at all. I'm not allowed to talk about Carol anyway. All I will say is if that relationship was between a man and a woman, people would be up in arms about that fucking movie. The next day, we watched a different film. Um... So our New Year's Eve film, uh, now on uh, Now TV and Sky Cinema, Like a Boss. <laughs> Which I, I am, without question, going to watch one morning during this, what is it, um, during this lockdown. Without question, with breakfast, I'm going to watch the shit out of this movie. Right. It's about 80 minutes long. It's real short. Um, and I had fun with it. Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish are uh, friends who, um, like, they've been friends like since they were kids. Uh, they have kind of like a makeup store together, and uh, Salma Hayek is interested in buying them out, uh, but she kind of drives a wedge between them. It's, it's good, fun, just unapologetic, three out of five, absolutely inoffensive. Um, has has some, a few solid laughs and 
not much more than that, but that's absolutely fine. Ian, what I'm asking, asking now is, will it pair very well with a bowl of Rice Krispies, a coffee, and Thursday morning? Sure. I mean, I'd, I'd be like, maybe have a drink with it, but I know you don't like to drink at home, so fair enough. Uh, well, so I, 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 am yes. do, I am literally managing to do dry January, because do you know what? Nowhere's open. Yeah, yeah, fair. I haven't had a drink since New Year's Eve myself, man, so I'm, I'm with you there. Um, yeah, so like a boss is, is fun. You know, that, that's about it. Uh, what's Crocodile Dundee for the first time? <laughs> um, which, I, I, you know what, I'm, just, I'm quite taken with it. I can see why it was such a cultural phenomenon when it came out, because he is really rather charming. Um and it just like it started, and I was like, right. Like, I thought it was like it was like him going to the city or something, or is that the sequel? And like the first <laughs> 45, 50 minutes, it's just Paul Hogan fucking about in the outback. It's like kind of looking forward to this moving on, but at the same time, I can happily watch this. But no, then he goes to New York, and he, everybody loves him. I like. I think there's a certain amount of Hogan going like, well, everyone loves me because I'm Paul Hogan about it all. But at the same time, he is quite charming. You can see why people would just be like, I'll have a beer with him and have a chat. He's, he seems like a laugh, you know. And that's about all there is to it, really. But yeah, I've really quite enjoyed my time with Crocodile Dundee, and uh, I recommend it. I'll watch the other two at some point. Do you want to know a Crocodile Dundee fact <laughs> that I have just learned from its Wikipedia? Crocodile Dundee remains the single most viewed Christmas Day programme in the United Kingdom when it debuted on the 25th of December 1985 on BBC One with an audience of 21.8 million people. So like the most watched film on UK TV history is Crocodile Dundee? The most watched UK TV, it might not be the most watched film ever, but on Christmas Day, the most watched programme ever is Crocodile Dundee. And I would assume that, yes, it probably is the most watched film ever. Yeah. That's mental. Right. I need to check something. Now. I need to check the census to see what the population of the UK was in 1989. Uh-huh. 1985, wasn't it? Did you say? Or 88. 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as good as the Christmas Day when BBC One had Batman and Coming to America on. But... No, that's, 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 a, that's a solid one, that one. Population of the UK in 1989 was 57 million, right? So that means that over a third of the people in the UK watched Crocodile Dundee. And what I'm saying is you've got to accept the fact that, that, that of that 57 million, a lot of those will live together. So you can probably say, I would say over half of the people, well over half the people that had a TV in the UK watched Crocodile Dundee that day. That's amazing. That's blown my mind. That's something. Yeah. Um, sorry, there's stuff going on in the background. That film was dominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, for the, the, the screenplay, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, God. That's, it's crazy. That's, that's fucking wild. I mean, the screenplay
Yeah, I don't know. It's like Brian's mates getting a screenplay nomination, though. You know, it's uh, you know, it was like the big pop culture comedy thing at that time, and it 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 got a nomination, so I get it. Um, at least I'm pretty sure Brian's mates got a nomination. I know Mr. McCarthy got a supporting actress, but I'm pretty anyway. I'm pretty anyway. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched one of my SVC for service, but you know that's on the commentary for patrons. Um, bum, 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 bum. come on. I have watched other things as well, and they're tripping out of my mind. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, my in the bath after taking the dog for a long walk watch on Saturday, semi pro. Um, because why not watch a Will Ferrell basketball comedy in the bath? What do you think of rewatch of Semi Pro? Because I rewatched it, I think it was last year, and I really liked it. I quite, yeah, I quite liked it. I the running gag of Rob Corddry really ends the idea of his wife and Woody Harrelson having sex is something. <laughs> you know, just like when they're, they're, they're shagging on the sofa and then he comes home and then he just really quietly just in the corner just sits down and starts watching. <laughs> um, I, I just, it's, yeah, I it was that the thing is it was at a time where i think there was a fair bit of will ferrell saturation like it felt like there was a new will ferrell comedy like once every three months and it, it seemed to just kind of come and go but there's more than enough funny shit in it to, to justify the runtime you know um and I, I i like that there's barely any conflict between the characters you know like you think it's going to be Woody harrelson versus will ferrell and it's never that you know um Will Ferrell's just this guy who wants to show people a good time. You know, it's like all the characters in it are actually quite nice. Yeah. You know, and um, they, they just want to save their basketball team. Um, and yeah, I, I just think um, the, bit, the bit where uh, Jackie O'Haley is like playing the stoner and he fucking. Get the, he, he throws the the, the the ball from the one in the court. He goes it goes in the net, and he thinks he's won ten thousand dollars. And Will Ferrell was just like, "You won this big check. <laughs> That's, it has ten thousand dollars written on it." And then like, later on, like Jackie O'Haley's like, "Well, the, the bank won't accept it. They say it's not a real check." And Will Ferrell was just like, "Yeah, but have you been to a big bank?" <laughs> <laughs> been to a big bank yeah you need to go to a big bank that accepts big checks and check your was like yeah yeah I, 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 it's it's silly but you know it's it's a good time what can i say yeah um uh last couple uh rewatched uh, lord of the rings fellowship of the ring for a podcast i am doing with jordan which will be on the pod, pod syndicate bonus feed where we are going through the middle earth films now that they are in 4k on itunes uh, looks really good. I got all six extended edition Middle Earth films for 30 quid. It's like, you know, you, you would literally pay £150 for them on 4K uh, physical at the moment. And those those sets don't even come with extras. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, the rig's fucking fantastic. I literally, I was watching it with Donna. And I just like turned to her a couple of times and just went, this is a good movie. You know, and, and, and just like, 
I'm very, very happy I'm watching this, you know, and, and, and that's just how, and particularly Fellowship. Like, I, I'm intrigued to see how I go into Towers and Return of the King, but I really, really fucking like Fellowship of the Ring. Um, yeah, Bex was talking, asked me, said to me the other day, she's like, oh, do you know what I fancy doing? I was like, oh, I fancy rewatching the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, and my, my exact response was, on your fucking own. <laughs> The weird thing about me is, I, I really enjoyed them when I watched them first time round. I kind of enjoyed them when I watched them first time round when they came out on DVD. And then when I tried to rewatch them a couple of years ago, I was like, I can't. I just can't. I just don't care. And it, 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 it's weird. Maybe I should try giving them another go. But then the idea of watching them just makes me go, don't want to. Yeah. Okay. And some of the absolute shite that I will rewatch, especially in the next six weeks, it, it, it feels odd. I feel like I might have some kind of illness. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows that anyway, Mark, so it's all good. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. As long as, long as we're all there. As long as, we're, as long as we can be enablers. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one for me is um, I, I, I watched the uh, Monsoon, which is uh, a film came out uh, on like video and here. I think it was supposed to get a theatrical last year, but um, starring Henry Golding. Oh yeah. Uh, so he he starred as a uh, Vietnamese uh, born guy who fled uh, his family fled to the UK. Uh, his mother and father have died, both kind of like separated, but now he's bringing their ashes back to Vietnam. And he's kind of like reconnecting with the place um, as he also starts a relationship with uh, an American guy uh, over there as well. Um, it's interesting because Henry Golding used to be like, he used to be like a travel presenter on, I want to say like Malaysian TV or Australian TV or something. Um, and, uh, which is like super random, but watching this, it's like, yeah, it just does kind of seem like he's a well-traveled like guy, and it, it, it's like a travelogue with intermittent scenes of Henry Golding having steamy times with other men, which you know, I think is a Venn diagram that there'd be quite a few people in the middle of there, including myself. Um, and yeah, I, I, I liked it. it. It definitely didn't blow me away, but it was a very pleasant watch. And Golding's just got some like natural charisma going on. I'm like, looking forward to seeing what, what he does in the future once films actually come out again. Uh, it, apparently, he still is presenting uh, this travel show. Wow, really? It's a BBC one. But it's not on the BBC here. Uh, no, it's BBC World News, uh, BBC News and BBC Two. Really? What's it called? The Travel Show. The Travel Show. And he's yeah. still doing it? Apparently, he's still doing it, yeah. Like, and then again, you know what? It's probably the BBC just saying, "Hey, Henry, do you mind if uh, you know we pay you a bunch of money for you to go to these really nice locations?" Yeah, sure. No, oh, why not? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's good on him. Um, so yeah, uh, that's 
interactive for me as well. So moving on to Twitter questions, what do we have? We have one, I believe. I'm just going to find it now. Uh, I did have it a second ago and then I lost it. Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Um, when things return to a degree of normality and we can get back into cinemas on a regular basis, what innovation would you like to see introduced to improve the cinema experience? I'll, 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 I'll say what I said on Twitter. Go on. Catheters. The strong shout. Catheters? Yeah. Are they things that go like in your penis so you don't need to pay? Yeah. yeah. That's quite invasive for a cinema trip. I have one. Go on. Right. Now, the thing is, the cinema experience, the only thing that ruins the cinema experience is people, people who don't give a shit about the cinema experience mm. going to the cinema. That's the thing that ruins it, right? Now, you can't have ushers or anything like that because it's just not going to work. It's unreasonable. Uh, cinemas won't do it anymore. And B, it's unreasonable to ask a 19-year-old kid who's getting paid minimum wage to go up to a group of people and go, stop using your phones, please, because they're just going to take a fuck off, right? Mm-hmm. So, what you have is a camera in there and immediately as soon as it picks up the light of somebody using their phone or it can hear someone talking too loud or anything like that what it does is to that seat it sends a small electric shock and it electrocutes that person to make them go stop doing that right and if it has to do it again it's a slightly stronger shock if it has to do it a third time, it just it just goes into full electric mode until they get the fuck up and leave. And there you go. I think you've solved similar problems. Mm. Electrocute people. I think, yeah, maybe some sort of, because um, very similar to you, if it, that, that's one of the few things that, that ruins it for me. It, other people being obnoxious, but specifically phones, like a low-level EMP kind of non-damaging, but just blocks any signals. That's not a bad shout. Or lead walls. That would work too. It would work too. Um, but like a, a genuine one that would help improve it. Like, I mean, I, I, I do think that my electrocuting seats is, is a very good idea. <laughs> But one that might actually come to fruition. Mm. Um, I don't know. There's a... The thing is, I, I think the similar experience, If you it, apart from other people who don't care about the similar experience, like I just said there, is, is really quite good. Mm. I, mean, I, I don't... There's bits I don't like. I don't like recliner chairs. I don't like the ones like in the cine world. But the view ones are just fucking stupid. Oh, I fucking love them. I, I, I passionately fucking hate them. No, I like right? It. You're in a big, like, emotional scene in the movie and you're investing it and you're taking it away and all of a sudden you hear... No, you don't, really. You do. No, and some prick put in their seat back. No, because people don't tend to do it in the they, movie. They get comfortable and then they sit there. No, people do. But at least you can actually get comfortable in them. A few years back, my main complaint about going to the cinema and my answer to this question would be seats that don't make your arse go numb after 10 minutes. No, I like the seat that makes your arse go numb. No, it's fucking It makes you pay attention. No, it doesn't. It does. It makes you pay attention to how much your fucking arse hurts. I don't betray. I don't want a fucking train. I have to fucking move out of the fucking way. And a seat. Where's the train? There's there's, there's trains. The ones in view. Why would you have a train 
You can pull them out, but they're not out. They are. They're on. You've just got to push it one side. I don't think that's true. That is absolutely 100% true, Rebecca. Well, I didn't have to push any try out. No, because I move it the minute you fucking sit down. Mm. Um, No, no to recliner seats. They're stupid and they should be banned. No, they're not. They're comfortable and they make it a more pleasant experience. Not for me, they don't. Just do your your fucking fascist idea that you had when we were in the cinema the other day and make them disable the control once the movie starts. That should happen. It should be, literally, once the fucking BBC title card comes out, your seat stays in the fucking position it is in. If you're uncomfortable, that's your problem. They should have some kind of... Um, if they can do recliner seats, motorised recliner seats, then they should be able to do something for children that isn't those shit plastic booster seats. They should have them so that they'll raise up to a certain height as well. That would be my other one. So yeah, I don't hate children all the time. I hate those booster seats. Why are you scowling at me? I don't want anything like that, no. I don't care about Yeah, I know you don't, but here we are. But yeah, I've got one. Soft food. Only soft food should be allowed in the cinema. Nothing crunchy. No nachos. Popcorn, no. Whoever the prick was that fucking came up with the idea of fucking nachos in a cinema should be fired into the fucking sun. Cinema dogs are fine. They're soft. Yeah. You should only be able to find hot dogs and marshmallows. I, I, I'm put off <laughs> by the fact that when I went to see a, a 25 past nine showing on a Sunday morning of Byzantium, and literally there was a big fat woman there and she was eating a massive hot dog and then got up, went out and came back and ate an entire tub of Haagen-Dazs. I was like, it's 25 past nine. That is why you are morbidly obese. You don't know what kind of day she'd already had. She maybe needs that. She may be up all night. She may work nights. That was her dinner. That's a fair point. That was her. I have, that was misjudged, her. I have misjudged the big woman. Maybe that was her evening movie and her evening meal. That it is, just happened to be in the morning. That's, that's fine. Then, I, that, then I, I retract my statement. Right, well, there you go. Does that mean we can have cinema dogs next time we go? Fuck no. <laughs> I want to try one. I want to try a, do- a hot dog that's been on a fucking rotating rack for like 48 hours. I do not agree with eating it at cinema. It's soft food. Yeah, so that's it. Okay. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. We are podsyndicate.com. Uh, remember the Podsyndicate bonus feed. Uh, we'll soon have Jordan and I talking the Middle Earth films. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Next week, we will be doing our double woman duo women double bill i don't know uh we'll be reviewing promising young women and pieces of a woman uh and then uh, the week after we will have our best of 2020 show uh yes 2020 show um i think that's probably about it mark if you're uh not doing much uh if you want to get in another world war bastards at some point maybe get jordan on board as well i am oh yes and I, I, uh, I, I haven't decided yet, but I will be doing some form of Patreon show um, at some point in the next few weeks. Very good. Um, let's get fucking streaming something, please. Game-wise? Yeah.
I might put, I might play all the Resident Evil games in order. You've been promising to do this for like a year and a bit. I work for a living, Captain Lockdown. Oh. I'm not um, all day. I am. I know you are. Like you two would so much rather swap as well. Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah, literally, we, we, we really, really, we're coming on this like yesterday, didn't we? You basically said it's like not in general. Like I, I'm glad that they've they've kept us working throughout the other two, but it's just, I can't do it again for a third one, and this one's going to be long as well, and I'm, we're just going to be sat there in the office, not open, with the doors locked. Doing fuck all. How many sales do you do at their backs? That's not a point. They were from earlier in the week. <laughs> just six, but that's not the point. <laughs> they, those had been set up previously. I'm, I'm joking. I've been facetious. It's, it's going to be eight hours a day, Mark, of just sitting. Can't go out anywhere for lunch because nowhere will be open. Or people are still for takeout. I, I ain't got time to go and wait for fucking three days at Donna Summer for an order to actually get to fruition. Then just order it for delivery. <sighs> it's it's just gonna be fucking depressing. And the thing is, like, what when you're there and getting paid, you kind of feel like if you're not doing anything, you're taking the piss. But there's nothing to do. Like it was dead in December, and it was it was actually busier in November during the lockdown than it was in December because everyone was just gearing up for Christmas. So all the little pickup jobs that we had to do, they're done. Mm. It's just gonna be shit. Honestly, I could have cried last night. Okay. And then, and then, and then, it's like, oh yeah, it, it, you know, before before the um, announcement, it was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be till the end of January, isn't it? I missed the start, didn't I? So you can shut up, hurrying me up. I'm not oh, an fucking you? winner. Um, and then it's like, and then we'll review it after fe- February half term. It's like, no, I could have coped with the end of January, but six fucking weeks. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, fuck it, fucking fuck it. You know what I've got to say yeah, on that? Yeah, I could be at home making so, bread and Dalgona coffees, banana bread, but no. Spirit of, spirit of March lockdown's gone completely yeah. on it. Everyone's just like, it's fucking miserable outside, so we can't even go out for like the walks that got us through the last one and sit in the garden in the sunshine because it's just frosty and shit. Yeah, anyway, sorry, ran it over. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to be on the lookout for PlayStation 5s for you. Apparently, more UK stock is expected to be on sale this week. Okay. Um, go and get, you know, treat yourself. Well, I Why actually not? think it's a really good idea today, because we normally go on holiday at the start of February, and I think we should do a full makeover of our garden, get rid of the water feature, trim back the tree, Get like uh, get rid of the shed, clear out the two sheds and just use the little one. Get rid of the the bit the bigger shed. Use the hard standing to make like a cooking area and get like a pizza oven and a smoker and a barbecue and make it into like this fucking great place. If we're gonna be majoritively at home throughout 2020 and we're gonna be at home through summer, I am having a fucking awesome garden to fit in. But well, we might do that. We're gonna use our holiday money to buy an uni and a smoker. Fair enough. It's going to be well exciting. Stand out there in the rain, cross making pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> right, okay. 
Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.